How does the Special Olympics help the athletes who participate? In today's story, we look at the Arizona chapter and the many programs it provides. Stay tuned. Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week, I bring you stories that inspire, educate, and give you hope. I want to thank my sponsor and podcast producer, The Motivated Mind Group. The Special Olympics is well known for the track and field and large-scale events, but on the more local level, the program helps the athletes well beyond preparing them for competition. My guest today is Jamie Hackerman, President and CEO of the Arizona Special Olympics. Welcome, Jamie. Well, thank you for having me. It has been a long time coming. I've had the Special Olympics on my radar for a couple of years. I just mentioned that, but I want everyone else to know I've had it on the radar, and here we are. We only see so much about what the Special Olympics are, and you're actually the Arizona Special Olympics. There's the the, the corporate of it. Is that how we say it? We have a national office and then Special Olympics International. So Special Olympics International is kind of the end-all, be-all, okay. um, but then our state chapter, we, we operate independently. So we only see what we see or we think we see when it comes to social media. But I actually have a body here to ask all these <laughs> questions, so bear with me. We see highlights of stuff like track and field, or we see photos that we assume it's something else. But the Special Olympics is a, a lot. You have different programs in different um, areas. Would you care to tell me some of the programs? Sure. Yeah, Special Olympics, a lot of people assume is just a one-time-a-year track and field meet. And it's so much more than that. Um, we were started in 1975 here locally in Arizona and have grown to offer 21 different sports in year-round training and competition for our athletes. That's the core of what we do. 21. 21. I didn't know there were 21. Yeah. <laughs> you want to give us a few of what those are? Sure. Our fall sports, uh, we do softball, bocce, swimming, golf, bowling, and soccer. Okay. Uh, we do have a couple winter sports. Some of our northern Arizona areas do snowshoeing, uh, alpine skiing, snowboarding. Uh, we do floor hockey, basketball, cheerleading, flag football, track and field, powerlifting, volleyball, tennis. I think I'm missing some, but. <laughs> I stopped at 10. I was counting on my fingers. <laughs> um, you said snowshoeing? We do. I've we never heard of that. Yeah, our athletes, it's almost like a tennis racket they put on their feet, and then they compete run timing for uh, across the snow. So it's a lot of fun. Okay, so this might sound like an ignorant question, but I'm going to ask questions anyways. <laughs> what is Special Olympics? Special Olympics provides opportunities for individuals with intellectual disabilities. Um, at its core, at its heart, that's what we are designed to be for. Um, since our inception, we've expanded and evolved quite a bit. So now we have what's called a unified sports program, which pairs those with and without intellectual disabilities on the same teams together. We've seen the bonds that develop not only help our athletes improve socially, um, physically, because if you have a friend, a peer that's saying, hey, come on, let's go, let's do this, mm -hmm. they're more likely to get out there and play. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen those social bonds grow, we've seen true friendships, and now we've seen an inclusive environment for our athletes at their schools or their programs in their communities. Um, so really building that up around our athletes has been huge for us. And then we also do um, health programs. So Special Olympics as a whole is the world's grassroots organization for health 
uh, care for individuals with intellectual disabilities. So we provide eight different disciplines where our athletes come and be seen by certified clinicians that we've trained, and they get their eyes checked, their ears checked, uh, their feet checked, and sometimes we're providing free prescription glasses to our athletes, free hearing aids that have been refurbished. Uh, we do free shoes every once in a while for athletes that need it. So really trying to holistically serve our population to not just be sports. I'm mind blown. <laughs> I'm totally mind blown. Only because I see pictures. And so when we see a picture, we draw a conclusion. Yes. Was I wrong? It was the track and field thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally the track and field thought. You're not thought. alone. <laughs> no. But the health part, I didn't even know that that was a part of it. It's an important part of it. Yes. It's huge. I mean, our athletes, um, compared to their typical peers, mm -hmm. our athletes are seen for seven minutes by a physician. Their peers seen for 20. And so it could be a variety of reasons, whether the physician's not comfortable, has you know no interaction or previous knowledge of how to deal with somebody with a disability, um, or the athlete is kind of fearful of mm -hmm. being in that environment. It's very scary when you've spent your life in hospitals and now you know, they're going to see another doctor that could tell you something's wrong. So we bring our clinicians into our larger state games. Um, well, usually summer games is our biggest one. And our athletes aren't wearing a, a white lab coat. They're not uh, poking and prodding necessarily. Uh, we have games and activities and fun things that our athletes feel more comfortable coming to talk to physician. And we have everything, like I said, you can get your eyes checked and you can uh, talk to somebody about mental health. So we really cover it all. I think of the Special Olympics, I think of like the big games. Mm -hmm. How do you get to qualify to be a part of these big games? Our athletes have to train for eight weeks uh, with their coach in their local community. And then we ask that they go to an area competition or something more regional to them. And then once they compete there, they can come to state. We don't limit it. Uh, anybody is welcome to come and participate. We actually would like more athletes to come and participate in those games. So when we think of the larger game, like so you're just talking about the local ones, but what about the one that everyone thinks of when they go to another country, for instance? Mm -hmm. Are these all the same steps? You just had to train more and qualify more to be able to be a part of the bigger game? Yes. So all the steps I just mentioned, the training, the area competition, the state, and then you qualify to potentially go to a USA Games or a World Games. USA. That's what I was looking for. And I was like, oh, I don't remember what I was trying to say. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, so USA Games is every four years. Okay. Uh, we just had it in 22. So yep. our athletes went to Orlando, Florida. Mm -hmm. We took over 100 people uh, just from Arizona alone. Nice. And we had several, 10 different sports that our athletes competed in. And uh, once that's done, we also have world games. There's a summer and a winter. As you can imagine, winter sports are a little harder for Arizona, so we don't have as much participation. Um, but summer games we just had in Berlin, uh, Germany. So we sent a female three-on-three -three basketball team and one female golfer over to participate. Golf is one of them, too. Yes. That was the other one they didn't mention. Okay. <laughs> we were like, I know I'm missing one. I'm like, I know we'll figure it out. Yeah. Golf. Yes. Okay. Now... You are seen on the big screen here, or little screen, depending on where someone's looking at this right now, and you're in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Do you want to do you want to tell us if that was related to? And I mean, I'm going to assume that because you're a part of the Olympics special, excuse me, special Olympics program. Do you play a sport? Are you part of this? Is this something that you had um, come into your life? And that's why you're doing what you're doing. 
Um, I'd say it's a little bit of both. Um, so Special Olympics is meant for people with intellectual disabilities. And then you see like the Paralympics, that's for those with physical disabilities. Okay. Sometimes our athletes have both, an intellectual disability and a physical disability. Um, I played wheelchair sports. I went to University of Arizona and played wheelchair basketball. And, you know, I thought that was going to be what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to do something in organized sports, organized wheelchair athletics, um, and that wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I applied for a job with a therapeutic recreation department in Tucson, and they paired me with a Special Olympic Bowling League. And it was off season, so I was responsible for collecting money, making sure athletes got to their lanes, um, felt you know comfortable with what was going on. And I just found a community of people that didn't see the disability. Um, they understood that hey, you're a little bit different, but that's okay, so am I. And I think so, we all are yeah. in our own way. <laughs> it creates a bond, um, and I haven't experienced it anywhere else. That acceptance or that inclusion, um, they don't care. Our athletes do not care um, why you're different or how you're different. They just want a friend. They want somebody that they can be close to and have um, comfort with, and so that's why I really enjoy this community. I think the way that society is, and it will always be this way, I keep getting told, Christine, you can't save the world. I'm like, yes, I can. (laughs) (laughs) One person at a time, one interview at a time. (laughs) And it was said to me a long time ago that, and I don't use this, disability, but a different ability. But with that, you use the word community, and a community can be used in so many ways. But in for this particular instance, community is people that have the me too factor, which is you have this going on, me too. And then there's that bond that can be developed or the friendships that are developed, the understanding of the why I'm here or what happened because no one's exempt from anything happening to no. them. Not at all. Mm-mm. Everybody has something going on. Mm-hmm. It's just the way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, some people deal with it really well and some people don't. And some people need extra support. And I like to think that this community provides that extra support not only for our athletes, but for their parents, for their family members. Um, you know, I talked about unified sports earlier. A lot of siblings that don't have a disability become unified partners. And so they're playing on the same teams as their brother, their sister, or their brother and sister's friends. And now you're broadening that community of people that understand and have some empathy and compassion of what people are going through. Uh, and then you have the people that join a program just because they want to be a part of something. They may not have the community. They may not have the experience, but now they do. They're experiencing it in their schools. They're experiencing it at their parks and rec program in their community. And that's how we're continuing to grow and, and just build a more inclusive world. Do you have any events coming up? And we already talked about the seasonal big games. Do you have anything that's local happening here in Arizona? Oh, we do. Um, so we offer 400 events a year and that's a lot of events (laughs) i thought nonprofits only had two events a year (laughs) i wish that were the case (laughs) some days but um you know it ranges anywhere from a small track and field meet Mm -hmm. or all the way to our state games or fundraising events and so we kick off our season um school's ramping up now starting Mm -hmm. next well a lot of them will be finally back next week right and once that's done uh we'll start practicing again and get right back into it. September is our month. We have some local competitions in swim, bocce, and then our larger state competition we've now split into two. So so swimming and bocce will be in October. Um, That will be out at Mesa Skyline High School. 
And then we also are doing golf and softball in December. And that's our larger state competition that will be at Pioneer Park and uh, Sun City Golf Course in Peoria. On the big scale, we know of the two big games mm-hmm. um, and events, excuse me. What do we have that's local? Yeah, so we definitely have local events. Um, we have over 400 events a year, and a lot of them are our local competitions or training opportunities. Um, so this fall, we'll hit bocce and swim first. Um, we'll have events anywhere from Mesa to over in Peoria, all the way to Kingman down to Sierra Vista. You so you covered literally the entire state. We do. Do you have some satellite offices or do you have one and everyone has to come travel to you or you bring the events to the areas? Uh, We have an official office in Tucson. Okay. Uh, We do have two staff there and we have a staff member lives in Prescott and then another staff member, two staff members that live in Yuma. Um, So not necessarily offices per se, but they're covering uh, different parts of the state. Um, And we only have 30 staff that are covering everything. Okay. 30 staff. That's small. And for an entire state Mm -hmm. and how many events throughout the year over 400 oh my goodness we rely very heavily on volunteers i bet you do we have about twenty-two thousand annually that support our programs and that can come anywhere from somebody that's coaching Mm -hmm. um that could be you know a parent that's giving their time it could be a corporation or sponsor that's bringing their team out to experience our athletes so we get them from everywhere so I'm doing the numbers thing, which I'm not very good at that, but I'm good right now with the numbers thing, with needing the volunteers and how many people you have that are spread through the entire state of Arizona. Mm-hmm. So if anyone has a state like Texas, you know, Oof. much bigger uh, need. How many people come through the program and how many people stay? Before COVID, we were around 21,000 athletes that we were servicing around the state. Um, you know, during COVID, we obviously had some drop off people, you know, fearful to come back or coaches for whatever reason, um, decided it wasn't their time to come back. Mm -hmm. And so we were at 14,000 last year, Mm -hmm. but we've already seen our numbers, uh, this year that are blowing it out of the water. Um, our basketball and cheer competition that happened in March is the largest we've ever seen. And so I'm just anticipating the rest of the season's going to go the same way. Wait, cheer's a sport? It is a sport. I knew I was in the wrong field. (laughs) (laughs) I never did cheerleading, though, either. So tell me more about the cheerleading, just because we know about basketball, you know about swim, we know bocce, but cheerleading just because it's right here right now. A cheer is one of our judge sports, probably one of our only judge sports that we offer. So you're not getting timed, you're not getting, uh, you know, a score or a, a you know basketball team is scoring points. Um, it's judged, and so we have people that come out that know cheer, and they have certain criteria for that our athletes have to meet. A lot of our athletes love cheer because they want to dance. Oh, that is the popular. dance. <laughs> and so I think almost every component regardless of the level your team is at, we'll dance. Uh, so they, our athletes love to dance. It's great. So you had talked about a couple of events actually you have to split into two parts of the year. Is that because there's so many or you're trying to give it to where it's an option to be able to do twice a year? We're trying to give our athletes options. Um, so if they you know want to compete at a, a different sport at a different time, um, we just try and make things available as much as possible. How do you find the locations? Because I'm now thinking the whole state instead of just here locally now. Not not the national, but just here locally. How do you how do you find the locations? A lot of relationships with school districts. Ah. Um, we hit the superintendents all the way to the special education teachers, um, trying to 
build or integrate our programming into what they do on a daily basis. And so we rely very heavily on those school partnerships to allow us to use their facilities, um, allow us to come in and kind of take over their campus, but also city parks and rec. Um, that's huge. Anywhere from mainly in the valley, we have a lot of support, um, but it's growing. We're starting to get more on board and, and they provide their facilities usually at free or very reduced cost um, so that we can put on this program because it is free to our athletes to mm-hmm. participate. You talked about schools. So what's the age for this program? We have programming for ages two and above. Wait, two? Two. We have a young athletes program that's skill development. Um, so our athletes can come in and learn how to catch a ball, can learn how to uh, jump over something. They can learn how to crawl. And so they could do that with a sibling. Um, that's all the way till seven. And then once they hit eight years old, they're able to compete in a local competition and then a state competition. Fun for all ages. Yes. Two. I'm in. Wow. Yeah. I would have never thought too. I would think more of an age where there's more of a um, attention that you <laughs> yeah. can get, not a two-year-old. <laughs> and I think our oldest athletes at 89, uh, still playing bocce. So really lifelong activities available. That is amazing. Now I know why you're on my radar. <laughs> um, what other programs I didn't ask about? Because I can only ask so much that I think I know, and obviously that's not everything. You're in this all the all the time, in day in and day out. What other programs you have that I didn't ask about? Uh, we have a partnership with our law enforcement in the communities, um, which I think is super special. Um, law enforcement worldwide raises money for Special Olympics, but it's up to every state to build those relationships with their local agencies. And so locally, we raise just over a million dollars with law enforcement on an annual basis. And that's across the state. So it's not just the Valley that we have like Phoenix PD. Honestly, we probably get more support out of some of the smaller communities. And our our law enforcement officers are partnering with athletes to do tip-a-cops, where they go into a restaurant and ask for donations. They put on softball tournaments. Um, they run a flame of hope. I know about that one. Okay. Now that you said that, there's a gentleman from the Mesa Police Department. That's how I was like, yeah, you're on my radar, but then I now have a connection. Yes. So yeah, connection and community is very, very <laughs> good. Um, and he did talk about the torch. Yes. Tell me more about that one, just because it's been brought up. Historically, the torch has come in from almost every corner of the state. They used to call it legs. So we'd have seven legs that would come into Phoenix and then light the cauldron at our summer games. So that was kind of the pinnacle of it. We've changed it a little bit. So our agencies are still running with the torch, but it's for awareness. So we're not trying to get them out on a dusty stretch of highway somewhere where no one's around. Uh, We want them to go to their local park or we want them to go to a community hub and run the torch through because people get excited. They want to know what it's about. They want to know why are are you running? And during those conversations, it just builds more connection, more awareness, more community, not only for our athletes, but also for our law enforcement agencies who sometimes deal with the worst of the worst. And now they're getting kind of that, that beacon of hope, I guess I would say. Um, are with our athletes, being able to support them and share kind of in that joy of them competing. I like all the words you just described for the event, the experience, the community for our our police department, wherever they are. We're just talking about Mesa, but this is this is a, a program that goes through all of them, I, I believe. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, we do need community, and then we're always going to have our differences, uh, whether someone feels it's physical, emotional, or 
community-wise. Yeah. But there are people who are saying, no, not in this community. So I like that you have that community of people. And um, I think other people are saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. So what other programs that you might have or how someone can get involved if they're not quite sure? I'd say one more program that I don't I haven't mentioned is our athlete leadership program. Um, so, you know, getting our athletes to participate in sport, that's great. But our athletes deserve leadership opportunities. Mm. And so we're training our athletes to learn to be advocates for themselves, not only in sport or in the community, but also in their health care. So when they're going to uh, now train clinicians on how to work with our population, so there's not that fear when people are certified physicians or PhD, whatever it may be, and seeing an athlete. Now they've had that experience through school, seeing our athlete, knowing how to uh, converse and really get, gather the information, be empathetic to what's going on. Um, and that's something that's really important. So the athlete leadership is just building their skills to grow and make sure that they can be advocates for themselves. Everybody wants to know that they matter. Yes. Whatever our differences are, we all want to know that we're doing a good job, that we can do something, um, that um, we're recognized. And that is awesome. Wow. I do have one final question. Okay. But before I do, is there anything else you want to make sure that you can put, that you put out there that I didn't get to ask? Because I want to make sure this is all about the Special Olympics, Arizona in particular. Um, but I know that you all are just the chapters of, of the big picture. So it's for everybody, but for me here in Arizona, is there anything that you want to share that our listeners or our viewers need to know about the Arizona chapter? I think going back to our law enforcement relationship, um, it's so much more than just our local police force or sheriff's office. Uh, we have a partnership with department of corrections and I think it's very unique. I don't know of another state that has it. Mm where we have a female inmate crew come out to our office every day. They load and unload our trucks, they inventory all of our equipment. Um, They spend the time making sure that our athletes have quality uh, equipment, apparel, whatever they may need to succeed on the court, on the field. Um, And they're also wonderful helping set up some of our larger games. And our facility is right on (laughs) Corrections property. Uh, We're on uh, Perryville Women's Prison property. So you are. We have a very strong relationship with the Department of Corrections. Wow. It helps build skills after some of those inmates do get out and go back into their community. We always get asked, can we come back and volunteer? So it's kind of, it's nice to have that partnership and very unique. I have to add in this one only because people don't think, not everybody, Outside the norm, we wouldn't think that individuals who are, for instance, in Perryville or in jail, in prison for whatever the crime was, for however long they're going to be there, that they don't have the ability to be a part of community, if that made sense. It definitely does. And that is really good to hear because they're not, not everyone that goes into these facilities are there forever, but they should be able to be a part of community. And whether they are going to be there forever or not, they should still feel there's a community for them to be able to feel important, made a mistake or not, or going to start their lives over. And I think that's amazing. I did not know that that was even, you're right, very unique. Yeah, we always say we're not there to judge them. That's Mm -mm. not our realm. Mm -mm. Um, And they're wanting acceptance just like our athletes are wanting acceptance. So Uh it really is a perfect marriage of 
partnership. A hundred percent. Thank you. Wow. I love doing what I'm doing because I get to learn something new every day <laughs> and I keep my feet planted on the ground and, and non-judgmental because I don't know what someone else is going through and everyone gets the chance to feel important or be a part of something that either they feel different, but don't have to be treated different or act different is how I always say it. Mm-hmm. So I do have one final question and I say this every single time. If I had one question to ask a person to see if I could find a little bit about who they are that's one loaded question by the way (laughs) it would be this question what message would you like to leave everyone based on your journey of your life oh wow (laughs) loaded I told you yeah um I think I would tell people that regardless of what you see externally you really need to take the time to understand what's inside a person Mm -hmm. Um, growing up with a disability, I think a lot of people assumed that there were things I was not capable of. Um, I think that's true of anybody. You see a difference, you, you automatically go to, oh, well, that person can't do X, Y, Z. And that's not true. And our athletes have a hidden disability. And so you're not seeing necessarily what they're capable or not capable of, but you make assumptions. And, but they're capable of so much. And I think my journey really leads into our athlete's journey of just getting rid of preconceived notions, getting rid of what you think they're going to do in their lives and challenging people. Give them the opportunity. Um, That's all people can hope for. And just, um, you know, if they're going to succeed or fail, it's on them. But give them the opportunity. That was very well said. Thank you. And I have to admit, um, I have met some people with different abilities that have done far more than someone who has the ability. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold that one dear in my heart yeah. for sure, because it's true. You know, we have that saying, don't judge a book by its cover, but for some reason we still do. And I know that again, I'm trying to save the world and I can't, <laughs> but, um, we can learn from one another. We really can. And if we put ourselves in the, in someone else's shoes just for a moment, we would understand why they are the way they are. And a lot of times it's because of where we once were. You don't have to be there, stay there, but there are some people that will not remove themselves from a space that they didn't, whatever it may be. Um, We might get along with people a little bit better. Again, I can't save the world, (laughs) but I'm doing it one one person at a time. Thank you for that um, heartfelt answer. And that's how I look at life too. If someone just understood that I just ain't, want to do this today or they don't know and that's how I look at other people I don't know right as I mentioned earlier you're in a wheelchair I did not know that you were in a wheelchair mm-hmm. you didn't tell me and I didn't ask on the phone <laughs> and so when I came in here I was like oh, we gotta move the chair she's in a wheelchair <laughs> not that it was a different it was a problem it was just yeah. like we assume so much and I just got put in my place in a positive way because I'm a positive person yeah. but I didn't I, I'm accommodating and you didn't have to say, hey, I want you to treat me different because I'm in a wheelchair is how I looked at it. So thank you for yeah. being very honest with me. Yeah, No, thank you. I appreciate that perspective because mm-hmm. I look at it as I don't feel like I need to tell people. It's just it's my state of being. And, you know, I'm very proud of who I am and what has afforded me. So and I think a lot of people feel that way, too, as we should. Thank you for being my guest today, Jamie. This inspiring story was brought to you by MMG, your global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler.